YouTube show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime, and I am your host, Frank Safaro, and this is an open and shut episode with Debbie Mack. Now, I've known Debbie for quite a long while, and uh, this is uh, the first opportunity I've actually had to, to get her on the show. But first, I want to let you know that Wrong Place, Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is an up-and-coming mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, mostly of the dark and gritty variety. And if you want to learn more, you can go to their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. And now let's meet the author of the Sam McRae mystery series, Debbie Mack. Well, hello, Debbie, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So this is not the first time that we've talked on a podcast, actually. Uh, you are a prolific podcaster in your own right, and uh, you were kind enough to have me on your show. Well, it was my pleasure to do so, believe me. Uh, tell us about your, your podcast real quick before we dive into your Sam McRae novels. The Crime Cafe is where I interview crime, suspense, and thriller authors. And it's a wide variety uh, of different types of authors in those genres. I also have true crime authors come on. I like to include the whole crime community, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, because there's some fascinating nonfiction out there, too. And the format of your podcast is a little different than some. It is not audio only, right? You do a, a video recording of it as well. That's correct. I have it on YouTube as well as on the various podcast channels. And if I remember correctly, you also accompany that with a like a Q&A or a blog post sort of uh, a written element, if I remember That's right. right. The, uh, the podcast runs every other week, and I have a guest post in between from the author who's coming up on the next episode. Oh, and that's the, a cool format. Yeah, the guest author always does some kind of book giveaway or other giveaway that relates to their their work. For instance, Twist Phelan was on and she did a giveaway of travel accessories of some sort, as I recall. Mm -hmm. She does a lot of traveling. So I guess I'm going to try to make a slick segue out of that and say that uh, your main character in your Sam McRae novel, Sam McRae, she travels a little bit, but she mostly stays in that uh, Maryland triangle there. Yes, absolutely. She, she's very much Maryland based. And uh, I have a lot of D.C. and Baltimore influencing the story. Who is Sam McRae? For those who, if they've never heard of Debbie Mack and they've never picked up any of the McRae novels, who, who can they expect to meet? Well, she was kind of inspired. When you come down to it, I was inspired by Raymond Chandler, first off. And then I got into authors like Ross McDonald and other authors who had these flawed private eye protagonists. So about the time I was thinking about writing novels, all of these women started writing female sleuths, like Sue Grafton and Sarah Paretsky. So um, I kind of see her as being like those types of characters, those kinds of private eyes, except that she's a lawyer. So you just released number four in that uh, series, uh, mm -hmm. Deep Six. Mm -hmm. uh, but we were, we were talking off air and Deep Six, while it's the fourth one that you released, is not the fourth one that you wrote. It came a lot earlier. That is correct. Yes. Um, it was the first one I wrote. And the funny thing is that once I'd finished it, 
I showed it to a published author who said, I think this is publishable. I was like, oh my gosh. So here was an author who had published 15 novels, right? And I thought, great, you know, so that's one person's opinion, right? Mm -hmm. But um, so I, I start sending it out and the first agent I contacted said, send me the whole manuscript. I was like, wow. what? No way. So of course I sent the whole manuscript and of course he said, not interested. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I expected. You know, I expected to be turned down. I mean, it's just like, I knew going into this, this is going to be hard. So mm -hmm. uh, the idea that this guy would simply just say, oh yeah, I love it. Just hadn't even occurred to me. Um, yeah, you sound almost disappointed that he wanted to see the whole thing. <laughs> I was surprised, not so so much disappointed as shocked. Mm -hmm. Like this is too good to be true. <laughs> turned out, and it kind of turned was. out to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think the book benefited actually from waiting to be published because I was able to take what I did in the first three and lead up to this kind of big climax in the fourth mm -hmm. which actually seems to give it the series a kind of arc i didn't expect when, when you came back around to trying to release a book it wasn't deep six it was identity crisis and that one actually did pretty well it was remarkable how well it did i couldn't believe it i mean this was in the the heyday of ebooks so that kind of helped I mean, I got in on that early while people were still scoffing about it. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't do it with the intention to uh, become an indie author. I really didn't. I, my intention was to get the work out there. I should explain that the book was first published in 2005 by a small press that went under nine months after it came out. So when you have this orphaned sort of book that was supposed to be part of a series and you're trying to sell it to an agent what they'll say is things like well I can't sell this series it didn't go anywhere mm -hmm. and I'm like well it was a small publisher and they went out of business nine months after it came out and um how could it have a chance you know to go anywhere so what happened was I just thought you know Sisters in Crime had decided to, they had also been with that publisher that went under with a, an anthology. So I decided, they decided to self-publish the anthology that they had first done. And I decided to do the same thing just to get the work out there, quote unquote. And um, what happened after that was just extraordinary. I mean, I kept the price low. I... I had five blogs at the time. I was reviewing books. I was reviewing for Mystery Scene Magazine. I was um, blogging all over the place. Um, I mean, that's what I did. And somehow or other, the combination of the price and the popularity of eBooks and with help from other people who were helping to promote it, I managed to make the New York Times list with that first book. That's pretty amazing. It was I mean, astonishing. When people talk about being a best-selling author, you see a lot of people who say best-selling, and of course, mm -hmm. that's a neb nebulous term. But the New York Times bestseller is the gold standard, and you hit the list not just once, but twice. Twice, yeah. Once in, at the end of March and, one, and once at the beginning of April of 2011. 
And the second book actually made both books made the Kindle Top 100 in the U.S. and the U.K., both my first and second book. People would ask me, how did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could tell you. I'd I be wish doing I knew again. the secret. <laughs> it was so, remarkable. So what kind of a, a journey is Sam McRae on? I would say she's going through subtle changes. There is a private eye who is a recurring character in the book. And their relationship, I think, is deepening as time goes by. She's changed in the sense of she's learning to rely on other people more. She's always been very self-reliant. And in the third book, she has a kind of an epiphany about her situation and realizes she needs to reach out to a certain person for help. And she also has to defend her best friend. She's not defending her, actually, but actually working more with the lawyer, kind of, in defending her best friend who's been accused of murder. Sam McRae does not, even though she's a lawyer, she doesn't spend a lot of time in the courtroom, does she? Not a lot. I have occasionally had her refer to going to court. I know in the second book, she has to make an appearance for her juvenile client. And there's a brief description of what that's like. She shows up, she gets five minutes to look at the file, and boom, you're on. So it's kind of like that was, that was all I wanted to do, just show how in a situation like that frequently you come in cold mm -hmm. and you're just trying to do the best you can with what you have. So this really demonstrates why your comparison is more to the Sue Grafton novels or the V.I. Warshawski character than, say, a John Grisham novel or The Lincoln Lawyer from Michael Connolly. I mean, she's a lawyer, but she could just as easily be a private detective who works for a lawyer and a lot of the same stuff could happen to her. Bingo. <laughs> you got it. I mean, that's it. And you know something about this with your background. I used to practice law. I practiced law for nine years, and three of those years I had my own office. Uh, you also worked for the EPA, right? Yes, that was after I worked at a law firm. I, I went from Social Security to a law firm where I did litigation at first, then I went into land use and zoning. And then from there, I went to the EPA. Did your experiences at... Social Security or the EPA inform any of the Sam McRae novels? Did, did you draw on that for any of them? Certainly the subject matter of what I worked on at EPA figured in my fourth novel, which was the first one I wrote. Deep Six. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And also my experiences with the law firm doing land use and zoning, because mm -hmm. the client in the fourth book is a citizens group who's opposing a rezoning. Mm -hmm. And I just made sure that I didn't accidentally mention anybody that I knew, you know, make a character that was obviously some developer I might have worked with, et cetera. <laughs> so all of these topics, if you just wrote them down and handed them to somebody and they looked at them, they would be like, wow, this, this is some boring stuff. But when you take and package it up the way you have, it's actually extraordinarily exciting because you take that framework and inject a whole lot of drama into it. In fact, uh, if you 
were to summarize identity crisis, those elements would be would be almost secondary. Well, she gets involved because of number one, a murder. There's a murder behind at the heart of everything. Boom. Yeah, I mean, right <laughs> away you walk in. The first thing out of her mouth is the. Um, if there's one thing I don't need on early on a Friday morning before I've had my first cup of coffee, it's a visit from the cops. But Friday morning, <laughs> two of them were waiting for me at my office. So right away, you know, cops are involved. Boom. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because a lawyer did say that to me. She said, you're writing about zoning? God, that sounds boring. To see? Thought, <laughs> but, but you don't understand that it's about the people involved in the right. process. And all... Right. You're not. You're going to tell me that the conflicts take place between mm-hmm. developer and citizen, mm-hmm. and very political and so on are not interesting enough for a story. I think they are. Well, they were a big piece of season three of The Wire, which is the best drama go. ever, ever, ever on television. So, I think your point is very valid. I think you are making a a very true point there. You know, uh, Sam McRae is great, and I don't want to stray from her necessarily, but before we go, I wanted to touch on a couple of other things that you do that I think are interesting. The first one, in addition to podcasting, in addition to writing the Sam McRae uh, series, you do some instruction, some writing instruction as well. I do, yeah. I have uh, two courses up on Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. It's a um, platform that has various uh, personal development and other courses. You can learn all sorts of things there. I have one called Beginner's Guide to Mystery Writing or Mystery Fiction for Beginners, something like that. And the other one is Plot First, Write Faster. You apply that not just to the Sam McRae novels, but also you have ventured into the young adult realm. Yes, I have. (laughs) That came out of the blue, actually. It was, um, this is the way it came to me. I mean, it always, for me, starts with character, I think. This character's voice just started talking to me. I kept hearing these words, and I was like, hmm, that's an interesting way to start a a story. And I wrote him down. And that was the beginning of my novel. Which is? Which is Invisible Me, which is about a... um, 13-year-old albino girl. Her dad is in the military. They've traveled all over the United States. One of her biggest complaints is that because she's an albino, she's sort of looked on as a bit of a freak. And every time she moves to a new place, they don't stay long enough for her to really get to know anybody. So she's very much a loner and craves something in terms of friendship. And This is ultimately what the story revolves around. Friendships, conflicts, the inciting incident, if you will, that takes place, that kind of kicks off the story, is when the eighth grade's most popular girl asks her to spy on her boyfriend for her. So they all have these secrets that she's kind of protecting, and she feels this terrible conflict within her sometimes trying to deal with all of them. I'm hoping to write more, but I'm now deeply involved in this um, new protagonist, Erica Jensen, who is a Marine. Mm -hmm. 
She's a female Marine, uh, used to work in what they called the FET, female empowerment teams, which would do things like intelligence work, dealing with the women while the male um, special ops people would go in and check compounds and things. They would also help out with things like health, education, things that would empower women in Afghanistan. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading about this and it's, they're remarkable. But she has um, PTSD and an opioid addiction. She's back from her no. tour of duty. Uh, yeah, and all, she wants to be a private up. eye. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> she wants to be a private eye, but she's addicted to drugs and she's trying to kick the habit. And she's been pretty clean so far in the book, but struggled with it. Um, has various physical problems with her back, has PTSD, terrible dreams, um, terrible guilt. And this book is called? It's called Damaged Goods. Damaged Goods. Uh, well, you're a busy woman, Debbie Mack. <laughs> uh, you know, podcaster, online writing guru. You, you still do reviews, right? I review books. Yeah, I do them yeah. on YouTube now. Yeah. I'll transcribe the reviews and I'll put them up on a blog somewhere. So blogger, blogger <laughs> and a uh, young podcaster. adult author, Sam McRae, yeah. working on a new series. You're very busy. I'm glad you found the time <laughs> to uh, come be on the show. Um, Happy to and, be here. So all that going on, and yet you still find time to get out and meet your readers. Yeah, I'm making the time. I want to. I'm going to be at the Barnes & Noble in Columbia, Maryland on uh, Saturday, October 26th from 11 to 4. I'll have pretty much all of my books there, I think. For that sale. sounds like a great opportunity to pick up a signed copy and to yeah. uh, meet the author in the process. And I would love to meet anyone who, who likes mysteries, young adult or thriller, because I have all of those to select from. I love meeting readers. I like talking to people who like books. Please come out. Yes. If you're in the area. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Debbie. Sure thing. Well, there you are, folks. A uh, pretty good picture of who Debbie Mack is and what she writes. A really nice lady, very busy woman. Our next episode will feature Vincent Zandri. That's next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime. Uh, before we go, uh, I wanted to give you a quick reminder. My newest book, At Their Own Game, the first book in the Spokompton series, was just released this October from Down and Out Books. New series that takes a look at things from the wrong side of the thin blue line. Uh, so uh, a little different than my river city series. Uh, I want to thank Debbie for coming on the show down out books for being a great sponsor. And as always you, uh, the listener, thanks for taking the time to listen to Debbie and I talk and for giving this podcast play. Uh, please do uh, like rate and subscribe and all that other stuff because it does, it does help next episode. Vincent Zandri. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you gotta be in the wrong place to write a crime.